You're listening to The Building Code, your guide for a better way to run your business. I'm Tom Houghton. Hello, I'm Paul Worth. And joining us via FaceTime all the way from New Zealand is Renee Jennett from David Reed Homes. G'day, how you doing? We're doing well, all things considered. Doing well. As, okay. as you just mentioned, yeah, it's morning your time, but we're, we're wrapping up our day, our work from home, which I guess doesn't ever really wrap up. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, New it's a funny old situation, isn't it? Yeah. 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 It is. Absolutely. So we're happy to have you. No, nice to be here. Pleasure to be on board. Thanks for that. Yeah. yeah, we love, I mean, this is so great with technology. Obviously, we can communicate with really anyone all over the world. And of course, here at BuilderTrend, we've got clients in over 70 plus countries using our software. And so it's great to just check in and see uh, what's happening all over the world with building and custom builders like yourself. Sounds good. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's interesting times here down here in New Zealand. We, we definitely want to hear all about it, but maybe for the listeners, let's start just first off with David Reed Homes. Let's give, just give us a background on the business and kind of dive in there. Sure, no problem. So David Reed Homes, we're a, we're a franchise building company. So um, in New Zealand, a, a lot of the group home or large builders are franchises. So that means essentially you've got a, a group office or a head office um, supporting individual businesses using the brand and systems around the country. So we're nationwide. Um, we have about 18 uh, branches around the country. And our focus and, and the type of homes we build are typically bespoke, so custom-designed, uh, one-offs built for the client for the site or plot of land that they, they own or they're looking to buy, and uh, that's designed to suit their needs. Awesome. And you do some pretty great work. I know that there's a couple different, because it's a franchise system, there's a couple different social media accounts that you have. If we were going to plug one of those for our listeners to tune into, would you have a recommendation there? Oh, of course. Thanks, thanks, Tom. Uh, you would plug the David Reed Homes in New Zealand or David Reed Homes NZ uh, social media account. So we're on Instagram and Facebook, um, and we're using both of those quite extensively, of course, as everybody is, um, albeit it's a smaller population, but great way to uh, get your message out there and showcase some of the wonderful work we do. Sure, yeah. So give them a follow. We'll put a link uh, to their social media account in the in the show notes, uh, and you can find that at buildertrend.com slash podcast. Yeah, follow along. I, I, we, you know, we talk about this a lot of podcasts. Let's just—it's got to be like a follow party. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Anytime, anytime we throw a tag out there or, or a handle, follow along. Tom, what's your, what's your handle? I'm contact Tom, as in construction tech. That is. <laughs> Great content on Tom's on Tom's feed. I, I'm I'm a follower, of course, uh, and I'm uh, the Paul Worth at Instagram, and you'll probably just see my kids. So. <laughs> Nice, yeah. Um, and look, for, for us down here, even, I mean, I've fought, we've followed a number of the accounts that, uh, that you guys are plugging through the build, building code, and it's actually really nice to see what other builders are doing in other countries and uh, just get some ideas and insights and look at the type of work. Um, just takes that whole global thing into a bit more of a, makes everything a bit closer and you get, get to uh, learn a bit, which is really cool. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's important. We're, we're a visual industry, so posting your projects, Finished work, but also work in progress for tips on how to do things is, I'm, I'm interested in it. So keep doing it. Absolutely. Well, let's talk about what's happening in New Zealand uh, with everything going on. But uh, maybe first start, you know, obviously with challenges of building in your area. Yep, sure. So so as I said, we work around the uh, throughout the country. New Zealand's, uh, as I'm sure you have probably, probably know if you look it up, we're quite geographically diverse. Um, so what I mean by that is we have a lot of coastline. So we love to see the sea. We love to play on the water. Um, so Kiwis, that's what we, we call ourselves down here. We love to be out on the water and, and close to it. 
So what that means in some areas is building close to the, the coastline is you have to look at the products you're using. Um, they have to be resilient. They have to be able to handle that exposure to weather. And so the, the methodologies and, and the products you use have to be carefully selected. And in the northern part of the country, so in the North Island and particularly the, the upper part of the North Island, um, the climate's typically a bit warmer, so it's you know, it's almost subtropical. Um, so the, 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 the requirement for insulation and you know, keeping your house warm is a lot less, whereas further south you go, in, in the middle of the South Island and then down into Queenstown, which is an absolutely stunning part of the country, by the way, um, it's cold. Um, that's where our ski fields are. That's, uh, you know, the climate's dry, but it's very, very chilly. So the requirements there are the guys have to build a lot warmer homes. Um, they have to, be able to keep them warm without spending a whole bucket load of cash on, uh, on heating and electricity and the like. So the whole design methodology and thinking changes a wee bit just to build to suit that environment. So what we see is, and you look at the homes we build, we see a difference in styles a wee bit, but particularly um, levels of insulation and the types of products that go in vary depending on the environment the guys are building in. Nice. I, I, I don't know if you mentioned this. Uh, how, how many people in New Zealand? So sorry, New Zealand population's just on 5 million. And is it somewhere that, and like how big, can you drive through it in a day, uh, north to south? Or? No, <laughs> no, you can't. So, yeah, sorry. Thanks for that, Paul. So, driving to the North Island, <laughs> the, yeah. the length of the North Island, if you were to drive it, it's you, you could probably do it in a day. It's about sort of 13 hours drive end to end. Um, be a pretty big day. And the South Island is probably 10 or 11 hours drive end to end. But there's this little bit of water in between the two. Mm-hmm. A nasty piece of water called Cook Strait. And uh, the only way to get across that is by ferry or by flying. So, uh, yeah, that always slows your day trip up a wee bit. Yeah, that's exciting. That but sounds interesting. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful um, area. And the you know, the population is largely based in Auckland. That's our, our largest city. There's a population sort of about one and a half million. Um, so it's definitely where the, the most of the population live. But uh, but obviously, the further south you go, the the, the area is just beautiful. And, and did you say you have franchises throughout? Yeah, throughout New Zealand. So the, the northernmost franchise we have is up on a place called Kerry Kerry. So that's about three hours drive north of Auckland. Um, we have several based in Auckland City itself, doing a couple of different type styles of building. And then our southernmost franchise is Invercargill, right at the bottom of the South Island. Yeah, I guess that was my question. You know, as a franchise, you know, just in general terms, you're built off of you know, mass producing sort of the same style and, and, and business and maybe home. Do you find yourself because you're all over regionally within New Zealand that, that you're building different styles of homes based on the region you're in or price absolutely. points, you know? Yeah, absolutely. All of those things have an impact. So I, I guess mm-hmm. to, to your point there, Paul, in Auckland, for instance, um, density is a real issue. It's a fast growing city and New Zealand's typically built on large plots of land, you know, quarter acre type plots of land and you know, single house or single dwelling on that. And, of course, as cities get bigger, it doesn't really work. So in, in Auckland City particularly, we're seeing um, a lot more density, so multi-unit, multi-level houses um, built side by side. Whereas in the regions, um, land's a bit cheaper, there's a bit more space, um, and, and typically the average price of housing is a bit less as well because there's less demand. So what that means is people are, are building... You know, if they're just building in regional towns, perhaps a wee bit smaller house or, or a wee bit simpler, maybe a wee bit less architectural. Um, still nice homes, still for appropriate codes, but uh, not quite the same as what you might build in a city. 
and probably the other extreme is where you get um, you get large stations or farms, um, you get larger plots of lands and and, and uh, holiday spots like Queenstown and Wanaka, where people are wanting a really nice holiday home or or a batch, um, place where they can go and spend some time on their time off and relax and really make the most of the environment. So again, a different style of home. Lots to offer in New Zealand. I think uh, Paul and I are planning our trip once this uh, whole COVID-19 thing gets out of the way. <laughs> yeah, we'll yeah, see you in well. 2024. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny. Actually, Renee, we've met in person. You've come to Builder Trend University here in the Great. States. Uh, maybe you could share a little brief uh, story about that. Yeah, no, we, uh, we were, we've been using Builder Trend now since about 2016 in our business, Um and yeah, the opportunity for Builder Trend University came up last year as we started doing those. So we committed to, to myself and one other coming across and just learning a bit more, getting to meet you guys. Um, you know, New Zealand people really like to deal with you know face to face, which I think is probably human nature. Um, so it's all well and good to deal with a, a technology company in the states, but it makes it a whole lot more real for us and hopefully for you as well to meet the people that are using the product um, or, or designing the product in our case. And to really understand, you know, what where Builder Trend are at, what what they where they've come from, um, and so that all sort of feels part of your business. So you want good teams uh, as part of your business, and so it's great to meet the Builder Trend team. Awesome. So if you're listening to this and you haven't come to Builder Trend University, you have no excuse because Renee flew halfway around the world to get to Omaha, Nebraska for it. So, and we'll be doing those again this fall. We're going to do everything to keep everything clean and safe, but we're doing it. Nice stuff. So, I mean, in this post-COVID world, I feel like we have to talk about this because I feel like New Zealand's kind of been in the spotlight a little bit, but not too much. So give us some details on kind of what your world's been like uh, since this whole yeah, COVID-19. It's, a, it's a, been a funny old situation. We had very few cases down here, um, and all the cases initially came in through the border, through people coming coming in. As a result of, I guess, the trajectory that it looked like the country was on and based on where other countries were at, uh, New Zealand went into lockdown on the 26th of March. So lockdown meant for us that everybody had to work from home. Um, a lot of businesses were shut other than what was deemed to be essential. So in our case, um, that meant that we couldn't continue to build houses. We had to shut our sites down. Um, all our offices had to close. Um, all our sites had to be locked up and everything stopped. And that was the case for, for the vast majority of New Zealand. Um, we remained in that state for nearly five weeks and then moved to Alert Level 3 on the 28th of April. So Alert Level 3 meant that our construction could start on site, um, albeit we had to put in some additional procedure and process to enable that. So what that sort of looked like was we had to sanitise um, any contact areas and we're having to ensure that we can maintain um, social distancing on our site so you know on a residential site it largely means you're only having one trade on site at a time um, and that trade so if it's a, a plumber or an electrician they're either maintaining their own work bubble or they're maintaining that social distance so that uh, there's no contamination and, and breaking of, uh, of bubbles if you like so bubbles is an expression our government's been using for a group of people that have to stick together so i don't know if that's familiar to you guys so my family's its own bubble um, and you're supposed to sort of stick within that so you minimise contact with other people. Now, inside the bubble, are we six feet apart or are we, we, we okay? We're inside Sunday. the bubble, you're okay. So okay. I'm, allowed to, I'm allowed to, you know, get close to my wife. Um, okay, good. Hug my kids, et cetera, that's appropriate. Um, but if you're, if you're working on a, on a work site, um, it's, it's a minimum of a metre, a minimum of a metre, um, ideally two. 
Um, and would you convert probably, that for Tom? No, I, I, hey, I know. Three, three point three, oh, sorry, three for, feet, three inches. Three feet. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Near yeah, enough. Near enough. I, I knew just over three feet. Yeah. They get an extra yeah. six inches on their on their social distancing <laughs> than we do here in the states. They do. Yeah. Yeah. One of the challenges with the sites, of course, was um, having to record who was there, who's been there. It's also a requirement for contact tracing. So if something breaks out, you can oh. find out where they've been. Um, so we had to put sanitation stations, um, a bit of extra signage, things like that on our site so people can wash their hands um, at, before, you know, when they arrive and before they leave. Um, but recording is really, really important. So there's a number of ways you can do that. Um, you know, you can write it on a bit of paper. Most of our guys are using a, a safety system we have to record through that. So, so you guys check in on site. And the other thing that's really useful um, is daily logs. Um, daily logs are great for you know, for recording what's happened on your site on a day and, you know, if you tag it as appropriate, so tag it as a COVID recording or it's a health and safety recording, um, that means that if they need to, they can go back through those and go, well, that's what happened and who was there and just make that whole contact tracing process very easy for the government. Awesome. It's great to hear another yeah. good usage of daily logs there. That's a, that's a really great point because we haven't really gone to the stage of contact tracing yet, although there's definitely been some communication from the local and federal government that that is something we'll be getting into so uh very good to know I, mm -hmm. I have a question um i don't know you know the relationship you know where it stands between australia and new zealand so i don't i don't want to step into these waters and get hit in the crossfire um but do, do you find that they have a similar experience in their market as you that you have in new zealand or is it worse um, so Australia, from what I understand, and, and the people I've spoken to over there, they've taken a slightly different approach. They didn't lock down as much as New Zealand has. Um, however, they've managed to also contain the virus to a similar extent. So there's a lot of discussion at the moment about opening the borders between Australia and New Zealand. Um, both countries want that to happen as soon as possible, mainly for tourism. Tourism in New Zealand is our third biggest earner, and of course it's stopped dead. Um, and, you know, the, the, the future's not looking great for it in the next year or so. So, yeah, really keen for those two borders to open up. Um, they're just It's just a matter of timing, really, when both countries are comfortable that, um, that they've got the virus sufficiently contained and that they can contract trace if they need to. I believe Australia's using an, an app on your phone, um, which I'm not sure how it works, but I believe it sort of can track you if you need to. Um, if you come into contact with the virus, and that's that's been a massive focus here, is just just keeping in touch with knowing where you've been, who you've been in contact with, should they have to trace it. So it's official. You do speak to people in Australia. We definitely speak. We don't quite speak okay. the same language. Okay. Um, you know, there's some stuff we don't understand, but you know, the same could be said about us, I suppose. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> but on a, on a serious note, you you brought up a point, and, and I wanted to ask you about this for your business as it relates to sort of that demographic you you build for for holiday homes. Um, have you seen some of that uh, interest drop off? Some of the inquiries from some people who might live out of the country and, and want to you know build a place there. Funnily enough, we're we're actually getting um, a reasonable amount of inquiry from people that live outside the country and want to come home um, when they can. They want to get back here, they want a house to move back into, and they want a new home to live in. Um, probably the reason for that is New Zealand's you know, handled the COVID thing pretty well. Um, we've seen, evidently, to have pretty good governance. And so as a result of that, it, it's pretty much a safe haven. Um, a lot of people sort of have that view. Um, 
that you know if they can when when and if they can get down here, it's the place they want to be because um, it's it's pretty stable. The economy is pretty good. The government's managed it pretty well, um, so it's not a bad place to be. So yeah, we're definitely getting inquiry from overseas. Some of that will be expats wanting to come back home. Um, there's been a lot come back. Not all of them have, of course, but they'll be looking at where they were living and going. Well, actually, this is um, this is a little bit difficult, and I'm keen to get back to New Zealand. Now's the time. Yeah, it seems like it's been really well managed down there for sure. Uh, with what we're seeing, kind of from these reports and from your report too, as well. Yeah, it's. it's I mean, it's yeah. It's, that's what it seems like as well. I mean, obviously, there's a bit of noise in the media from business owners that, that can't yet open. You know, if you're running a restaurant, it's really difficult. We, restaurants can open at the moment, but only through delivery. We can't go and sit in a restaurant and eat. Um, so we're hoping early next week to reduce our alert level again so that to, to loosen things up a bit so restaurants can open. Um, you know, we haven't been able to get a haircut for over six weeks. Um, all, all of that sort of stuff. The stuff you're used to daily life has just changed, and, and lots of businesses will be hurting as a result of that. Absolutely. Uh, well, what what have, what have you guys been doing to, you know, you mentioned you kind of were shut down for a little bit. How did you weather that storm and what do you, you know, what processes have you been evolving over this time? So so through that time, we spent a lot of time um, obviously doing Zoom calls and FaceTiming with our, with our teams and working with them to basically just get their back office and systems really well bedded in. Um, you know, it was a great opportunity for them just to tidy up things that needed tidying up. Um, they were still able to to price work, um, get get jobs priced. They were still able to get projects signed. So a number of the guys signed up contracts during that lockdown phase, um, just through electronic signing. Um, and they were still able to lodge building consents or permits, um, get those sorts of permissions through as well. So there's a number of um, admin type functions they could do, and, and so there's a number of the guys were working on that to just to get themselves ready so that when when they could go back to work, they could focus on construction not on doing their paperwork and administration functions. Um, and that's sort of been the case. That's what we've seen. They've, um, they've just got all their sites open and running pretty quickly because obviously they're motivated to do that. And, the, yeah, the inquiry is still sitting there at the moment. Um, New Zealand housing market is, it was strong when, when we went into lockdown. Um, it will no doubt decline a little, but um, there's, there's a massive backlog of demand for houses in, in this country. So we don't see it dropping dramatically, but... You know, again, it's a bit of a who knows. Yeah, it's tough to tough to understand what the market's going to do. You know, there's some people who say, as far as the U.S., that there's a construction boom ahead ahead of us, uh, for the reasons you had just mentioned, Renee. But I guess, yeah, for silver linings, uh, which I think everybody should be looking for during these times. I mean, I've talked to hundreds of our clients that are taking this opportunity to, you know, finally slow down a little bit and evaluate their process as it relates to build a trend. Most of our clients are build a trend users. Uh, it's a really good time to do a, sort of an account review, you know, look at the features you're using, you know, work with our education team to ensure you're using those features most efficiently. Cause there's always small little feature updates we do all the time. And then if you're not using a certain feature or service we offer, it's good just to, you know, understand if that can drive additional value to the monthly fee. So if you're listening and, and you haven't done an account review yet with your account executive, Reach out. It's a great way to spend uh, some time right now. Yeah, fantastic opportunity to you know to work on their business and look at their systems. And, mm-hmm. You know, what, whatever happens to you know to the building industry in this country, and I guess in any country, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, there will be businesses that fail. But I think the ones that will survive are the ones that have good system, good process, and and really know how to run their business well. Um, 
and so what that means is they become quite scalable. Um, so you know our business is really built around being scalable, and so what I mean by that is, you know, you can start really small. You can build three or four homes a year, and and run our systems and be you know be profitable. But at the same time, you can run you know twenty homes a year or more, all custom designed, um, and still be profitable. And the systems scale up to suit that. So so builder trends a key part of that for us. Um, because it enable our, enables our guys to have really good communication with their clients, really good communication with you know what's happening on site, um, and knowing knowing where th- where things are at and communicating with people. And you think about that at the moment with the, with the COVID situation, a whole lot of that communication can happen. You know, as far as providing documentation, um, scheduling, all that sort of stuff can happen without having to be face to face. They can do that through Builder Trend and and see what's going on quite easily. Yeah, that's what I've always liked about franchise concept inside of construction. Uh, it really does give the business the tools that, you know, for the most part, construction companies don't have, which is systems and processes, and this is how we do this, and here's how we hold people accountable and look at our KPIs. I mean, it's it's tailor-built in with David Reed Homes and, and how you guys scale, which is really cool to see, because I think that's just a huge leg up for for somebody. You know, if, if you're looking to get into home building and somebody provides you with all of these processes and systems, so all you have to do is just say, let's work the system and focus on effort and attitude. And I think it, I think that really makes a lot of sense for this industry. Yeah, it does. And that ultimately, I mean, I work for the franchisor and, and that's what we sell. We sell systems and process. Um, and, and so guys that come on board and become part of our network are typically, you know, they are builders already. They're running their own construction company and they want to take that next step up. Um, but they don't, you know, they're, they're busy people, busy building houses, and so trying to um, create systems and process is quite a lot of work, particularly if you don't have um, a real understanding of what that should look like. And so we're able to provide, you know, proven systems that, that, that our guys are running. We know they work because the guys that use them well make good money, run good businesses. Um, the key to t- key to doing this, the same is applying them in your own business. And so it's a, it's a really good, um, it's a really attractive proposition for someone looking to start off construction business. Speaking of all these processes that you have, all this knowledge you have, you mentioned daily logs earlier. I'm curious, do you have any other existing processes that you've, you know, had in your in your tool belt at this time that you'd recommend as a tip for other people to keep their eye on or start implementing in their business? Uh, with Builder Trends here, daily logs is a really useful one. Um, I think the more you do that, the, the more you uh, the more you learn what you can do with it, which is really cool. Um, the other one that's been quite a standout for us is the to-do lists um, and getting those integrated into the schedule. And that takes a bit of thinking because when guys initially are building their schedules and working with their schedules, they're thinking of everything they have to do on the house, on, on the project, and putting that in the schedule. Um, so when I say everything, things like you know checking the quality of some of the work and um, ordering some supplies and materials. But as you start to work it, you realise that to-dos is actually the most powerful tool for that. Um, and we've used it quite a bit now. We use it quite a bit for quality checks. So, as an example, before we we line a house, um, as in put the uh, we call it jib board, but plasterboard up on the walls, um, you have to get a, an inspection. And often guys will just use that inspection as the, the quality check. But what we get our project managers to do is to go through a to do list as well and check a whole list of items that we want to know as as the builder have been done and have been done to an appropriate standard. So. It could be simple things like making sure that the all the wiring's in place where it needs to be, um, that there's there's 
nogs or bits of timber on the walls where you want to fix a TV bracket or a mirror or something at a later stage, checking those sort of little things that are easy to miss, um, that if you don't do it and you get to the stage where you need to hang that TV or hang up that, that towel rail, it becomes a massive problem or a much bigger problem at the end of the job. So to-dos are really good to integrate into the schedule for that. And I think that's been a really powerful tool for our guys. And the other one that's just immensely powerful, particularly given our geography, is the the, the owner portal. Um, owners be able to see what's happening on their site and communicate by means of that. It consolidates communication into one place, so we're not uh, you're not looking through emails and all sorts of other processes to find out what was what the messages were. Um, and it enables the clients who, in a lot of our cases, are working are living remotely to where the builders to see what's happening on site, communicate with the builder in an easy fashion. Yeah, those both completely align with what we talk about with our clients. You know, one thing with to-dos that, that you brought up is that checklist item so great, but it can be templated and reproduced every job. Uh, and you can also tie it to the schedule, which a lot of people do. So let's say, for instance, that before we move on from framing, we have this list of 10 things we want to do as a business. That shows up on the last day of framing. And then that can be completed by the rep. You know, one th- other thing we've seen people do before they put a plaster or drywall, which is a nice tip, is actually take a video or a 360 photo of the walls and all the outlets before the plaster goes up. So that if as a business you want to refer to that or as a, as, as a client, you post that in the client portal. So after the job's complete, when they're living in their home, if they want to reference that for what they want to do, which is you know hang hang stuff up or whatever it may be, that's a nice tip we've heard from people as well. Yeah, it's a great tip, and and, and we do that all the time actually. Um, in fact, I recall one job where it was a real issue, and, and luckily having those photos, um, you know, the electrician had forgotten where he's putting his wire, didn't take the photo himself, <laughs> or a light fitting, and it was like you know he wants to cut a hole in the wall, and it's like no, you're not doing that, you're not doing that, buddy. There you um, go. But, you know, photos save you in that situation. So, yeah. And the great thing about that is everyone's got the tool in their pocket. Everyone's got a mm-hmm. smartphone now. Um, you might as well use it. Absolutely. And so I think that's the tip of the day. Take a picture. Save yourself cutting a hole in the wall right there. That's one. Definitely do that. Yeah. Or take a video, you know, instead of 100 photos. Yeah. Or a 360 photo. There you go. You're a video, you're a video guy, I'm Tom. I'm a big video guy. I'm a big video guy, yeah. Awesome. Well, Renee, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing your experience with all that's happening down in New Zealand. We really, really appreciate it. Of course, we appreciate you being a part of the Trend family, and we wish you continued success in your business there. No, thanks very much. Really appreciate it. Appreciate the invite, and uh, it's good to catch up with you guys and see what's happening over there in, uh, in the U.S. and share a bit of what's happening down here in NZ. Yeah, and if Tom and I make it down there, you know, just keep a room ready for us inside the bubble <laughs> or outside. Either one's fine. Yeah, there's no shortage of uh, hotel rooms down here at the moment. Yeah, <laughs> <I'm not sure>. <laughs> <laughs> or camper vans or rental cars. There's uh, yeah, there's plenty of them available at the moment. Good. I'll tell you what, we're looking forward to happening down here is getting sports happening again. Sure, I think there's just like nothing going on. Yeah, no rugby, no nothing at all. I think we all are are missing a little bit of our sports. Yeah, I don't yeah. think I can handle a replay of the 1987 regional baseball World Series. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen every just, old sporting event in the world at this point. Yeah, yeah. I just announced a new All Black captain last night on uh, on the news, and uh, you know, it's like the first question everyone's asking is, "When are we going to be playing? When are we going to see some games?" And that's we just don't know. Hopefully, it's soon. Yeah. I'll tell you what: if the All Blacks and the rugby starts opening up in, in New Zealand, you will have 
a record level of international viewership. If nothing else is up in the U.S., <laughs> maybe that's a smart move, isn't it? Get it going. Yeah, yeah. Well, K- Korean baseball just opened up, and you know they're they're hitting record numbers as well. So there you go. Good Very stuff. Good. All right, Renee. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Good to talk to you. Love what you heard? Don't forget to rate and subscribe to our podcast so you can hear from more guests that will benefit your business. Also, please check out our show notes page for more information on what we discussed on this episode. You can find it at buildertrend.com slash podcast. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on The Building Code. Appreciate you.